I invite you to turn in your bulletin or, or in your Bible to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 1, it's printed out, now the first couple of verses are printed out on page 3. A brand new year, and we start a brand new sermon series. A sermon series in the Old Testament book of Numbers. Have you ever listened to a sermon series on Numbers? In a Bible study group studying numbers, well, here's here's your opportunity, and we're gonna we're gonna start it here this morning, just with a couple of verses and an introduction, and hopefully see uh, the great things that God has in store for us. Uh, but first, let's read the first three verses of of this book. So here we are in the fourth book of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and it begins this way. Numbers 1, beginning of verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tent of meeting, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel by clans, by fathers, uh, fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male, head by head. From 20 years old and upward, all in Israel who are able to go to war, you and Aaron shall list them company by company. Let's pray for God's blessing. <coughs> Lord, we do look to you uh, to take your word, your word breathed out. Uh, Lord, make it indeed what it is, Lord, useful, profitable. Show us your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In the wilderness. Does that sound like where you live? The wilderness? No mistaking this place for paradise? Right? Not in these days, certainly. No, not paradise. Wilderness. A place of struggle, a place of temptation, a place of difficulty. In the wilderness. That actually sounds like a great title for a, for a bestseller. You know, Christian book bestseller of 2022, In the Wilderness. What do you think? Would you read it? What, what do you think you'd want to include in a, in a book like that? In the Wilderness, well, probably you'd want, you'd want some detailed instruction on uh, what, are the, what are the challenges, what are the temptations of living uh, in the wilderness? Maybe you'd want some, uh, some real uh, practical examples of, of the lives of individuals who have lived in spiritual wilderness. Maybe some examples of people uh, following the Lord who didn't do so well in the wilderness, so you could learn from their mistakes. Maybe some examples of people who did much better, and you could learn from their faith. Um, learning about what the opportunities were in the wilderness. What is it that God does and has planned uh, for, for his people in the midst of the wilderness? probably want that too. Uh, as as well-taught Presbyterians, you probably know that you're going to need more out of a book like that than just, just some practical tips and, and uh, you know, three steps to a, a great life in 2022. You, you know you're going to need more meat. You're going to need to see God in his glory. 
And so if this book is really going to be helpful to you, you're going to want it to have God at the center. God in his holiness, in his presence. God in his mercy and saving power. So you put all that together. Uh, that sounds like a Christian bestseller, doesn't it? In the wilderness. Well, here's the good news. You already have that book on your bookshelf. It's the book of Numbers. In fact, the book of Numbers even has that title. You might not have known that, that the Hebrew title for this fourth book of the Bible is In the Wilderness. Most of the time, that's an insignificant little detail that's, uh, that some books of the Old Testament have slightly different titles in Hebrew than, than our English titles, which come out of Greek and Latin. Most of the time, that's kind of insignificant. Here, it actually feels a little bit more helpful. Uh, okay, numbers, we can get where the original translators of the Septuagint, as, they, as the Jews in the second century took the, the Torah from Hebrew into Greek, uh, where they got the idea of numbers, because the book starts off and has stuff at the end with all lists of census data, and lots of lists of numbers. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's descriptive, but it doesn't feel very helpful or, or this doesn't feel very interesting. Numbers. We're studying numbers. Okay. Uh, but how about this? In the wilderness. That sounds, that sounds more gripping, doesn't it? Uh, the Hebrew... Uh, Old Testament books often take their title from the first few words of the text. And so you look at there at your place. Oh, look, there it is. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness. And that's really a great summary of what the book is about and a great tease of its usefulness and help. The book of Numbers in the wilderness is all about the time where God's people are in the wilderness. Two generations in their time in the, in the wilderness, they've been already delivered out of Egypt, so they're, they're not in Egypt anymore, rescued from slavery under Pharaoh, not in Egypt anymore, but they're also not in the promised land yet either. They're in between. They're in the wilderness. That messy, challenging journey in between. And the story of the book of Numbers is all about these two generations and that time between their rescue from Egypt and their entry into the promised land, the time in the wilderness. But that's exactly where we live. Not just experientially does it feel like a desert. Uh, it's actually where we are spiritually. Uh, that we are between the rescue out of slavery and entry into the promised land. Uh, we are those, if you're a believer in Christ, trusting in the work of Jesus, then you've been rescued from slavery, slavery to sin and slavery to death. You're, you're no longer in spiritual Egypt. But if you're here, then you're not in the promised land either. Right? Clearly this is in heaven. Between slavery and promised land, the wilderness. If you're paying attention in our, in our uh, reading in, in Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul made this really explicit as he quoted or, or re referenced a whole lot of different details of the book of Numbers, and he said, yeah, this is for us. This was written down for our instruction. Now he says, for, for us on whom the end of the ages has come. There's here we are, 
as New Testament believers on the other side of the coming of Christ, we're in the age of fulfillment, Christ has come, this is for us. Because this is where we live. No longer slaves in Egypt spiritually, but also not in the promised land yet. We're in the middle. And the book of Numbers in the wilderness, it shows us that God has a plan and a purpose and wonderful, powerful things for his people in the wilderness. And that's what we're going to study. This week is just a little bit of an introduction, uh, kind of teasing the major themes as we, as we just read the first couple verses and, and try to <clears throat> introduce the big things that we're going to see again and again in our study. Uh, so quickly, we want to run through four key themes that will show up again and again. And these themes, I put them uh, in, in the form of exhortations to remind us that this stuff is supposed to be useful. Uh, so here's, here's what Numbers encourages us to, to recall where you've been, to remember where you're headed, to re- revere the one present with you, and to rest in the one who completed the journey for you. So real quick, let's run through those. Again, this is just kind of a tease of what's to come. So recall where you've been. Again and again in the book of Numbers, we'll see that, that Israel's time in the wilderness, uh, it's, it's all, it makes sense, it's, it's their identity, their purpose there, uh, it's tied to their past, where they've come from, specifically their, their rescue out of, out of Egypt. Uh, you understand it based on their history. It even shows up in these very first verses where, where, the, where the book of Numbers kind of picks up exactly where the story left off. It's actually even there in the grammar, which is why if you're, if you're reading an NAS, it says something like, then the Lord spoke to Moses, or King James, which says, and the Lord spoke to Moses. It's, it starts off as if it's just like a continuation of the story, which it is. Right where Exodus and Leviticus leaves off, God has his people out, and they're building the tabernacle, and they're getting things ready, and then God keeps going. It's just the continuation of the story. And it's something, not just a, not just a, a continuity instruction. The big temptation is to forget what it is that the Lord has done, and we forget about the God who has delivered us and has always been with us and always provided for us. And so the book of Numbers, again and again, is going to tell us, in the wilderness, don't forget your past. But secondly, remember where you're headed. Remember where you're headed. The Israelites in the wilderness, they're not just killing time. They're going somewhere, and they're getting ready for somewhere. Specifically, entry into the promised land. This great promise that comes all the way down from Abraham, their, uh, their forefather, that there would be this holy land where God, as a holy God, would dwell among them. Uh, this was coming. And now is the time that God is going to have his people go and possess it. And this time in the wilderness is there headed towards it and getting ready for it. Uh, the great covenant promise is about to come true. God's getting them ready. Uh, and all the, the details are, are, are about that. So we... We see in one example of that in, in the verses we read. We'll get more into this in another week. But, uh, but you, the first thing that Moses is supposed to do is take a census. Okay, you might read that. Sounds not very interesting. But it's very important in light of where they're going. Take a census specifically so you know how many people are of fighting age. God is organizing the army of Israel 
so they can defeat the enemies on their way into the promised land. He's getting them ready. So with all the details uh, of, this, of this book, we're going to read about the spies spying out the land. We're going to read descriptions of how, uh, what tribes are going to settle on what side of the Jordan, what the boundaries of the promised land is about, making sure that every family has their share uh, of this land that God promised. All these details come together. God is getting his people ready for what is to come. He's getting them ready for the promised land. And their, their time in the wilderness, their calling in the wilderness, only really makes sense in light of the destination. Uh, they need to remember where they're headed in order to understand where they are and what they're to do where they are. Their, the calling of God's people in the wilderness only makes sense in light of the destination. And that's true of us as well. Our lives are calling. What God is doing in us and around us here, it only really makes sense in light of the destination, in light of the fact that God is getting us ready, his people, for that heavenly promised land. And so if you want to make sense of the wilderness, uh, connect it to where God is taking you. I, I thought of this challenging question this week. Maybe this will convict you. Um, what am I doing right now, what am I doing now that only makes sense in light of heaven? In other words, is there anything that I'm specifically involved in here in my days here that in and of itself doesn't make any sense at all? Seems ridiculous. It only makes sense in light of the destination. That's a good dinner table conversation. What, what are we doing that only makes sense in light of where God's taking us? Remember where you're headed. Third, revere the one present with you. This is another huge theme in, in Numbers. The presence of God with his people. That right there in the wilderness, in the midst of all the mess, God's present. And he's present with his people. You see it right here in, in verse 1. Uh, that, that there's God speaking to Moses from the, from the tent of meeting, the, the tabernacle. And the point is, God's right there. He's right there with his people. Uh, and we're going to see this especially in this first section of Numbers. Uh, that's the dominant theme. It's, it's in the midst of a lot of details that we might kind of skip over or think are unimportant, but the details are, are focusing us on this key theme. So we're going to get details like, how the camp is to be arranged, which tribe is going to be in what spot, uh, the detailed instructions on how to break down the tabernacle and, and uh, transport it from one location to another, detailed lists of all the offerings that are brought to the Lord when the tabernacle is dedicated. Uh, that might just sound long, but, but there's this powerful theme that God's going to bring again and again. Look at the glory, he's going to say. God is present with his people, right in the midst of the wilderness. God is there. Uh, God is near. This is why you don't have to worry about food or water or enemy armies. God is near. He's going to provide. He's going to fight for you. God's so present with his people that the enemies can't even pronounce a curse upon them because God's with you. God is near. So certainly don't worry. 
Certainly don't grumble and complain or, or run after false gods. Because the true God is right there in your midst. It's true back then. As we'll start to see, even more true now. God present with his people. How's that? What does that look like? Well, that's what we'll talk about in the next few weeks. One more theme we want to mention and tease out. Rest in the one who completed the journey for you. The Old Testament book of Numbers, like all of the Old Testament, is really all about Jesus. Jesus himself said as much. Luke 24, he says, all the, all the scriptures of the Old Testament are about him. The Old Testament shows us Jesus in a variety of ways, from the, from the storyline to the, the characters and figures to the, the rituals and routines. Uh, these, are, these are shadows, pictures, types that show us and point to Jesus, which is actually really, really good news. Uh, because if we, if we just had numbers kind of all by itself, forget about, don't mention Jesus, this would actually be a pretty depressing study. Numbers is not isolated like that. Not a very encouraging book. The first generation in the wilderness does horribly. All rebel against the Lord, and they're all judged, and they all die in the wilderness. Save two people. Second generation, oh, maybe they'll do a little bit better. Uh, they, they do a little, but then you keep reading in the Bible, and that doesn't go very well either. So if all we're talking about together is, okay, let's try to do a little bit better than they did, if that's our hope, this is going to be depressing. Because I'm not going to do so well. But the ultimate good news is that it points, uh, the book does, beyond you, beyond me, to Jesus. And we'll see it again and again. Here is our hope. Jesus, the one who is the true Israel. The one who shows up as a child of Abraham and shows up and wanders through the wilderness. And yet he does it perfectly. He never grumbles and complains when there's no food and water. Uh, he doesn't bow down to false gods. No, he does it perfectly. And yet he ends up judged as if he were a rebel. Yeah, judged in our place. He's the, he's the snake lifted up in the wilderness uh, so that all who look to him live. Jesus is that one who is God with us. He's the one who tabernacles with us. Jesus is the prophet greater than Moses so that he can be that perfect and final mediator between us and a holy God. Jesus is the manna that comes down from heaven and feeds us unto eternal life. He's the Passover lamb who dies in our place. He's the one who gives the water of life to refresh his people. And all of this, very, very good news. Because there's our confidence. It's not that, that we'll somehow do better in the wilderness than a generation before. Uh, we trust through the Spirit God will give us strength uh, to, to do well, to, th to thrive. Uh, but, but our hope is not to, that we might try hard, but in the finished work of Christ. And so again and again, we'll see how this book shows us Jesus and the various aspects of who he is and what he came uh, to do. And after all, that, that is our hope uh, throughout time and for where we're headed. Maybe, maybe that's an even a a place to close. Where, where's our confidence uh, that, that we would make it to the promised land? Right? Okay, it's a journey. If you're a believer in Christ, we've said uh, you've, been, you've been released from slavery in Egypt. Of course, if, if you're not trusting in Christ, there's the first place, the first critical step. You're, 
like like we were, uh, like believers were, you're you're a slave to sin and death. That's how all of us are born by practice and birth. You need to be released from slavery through Jesus. But if you're trusting in Christ and you're a believer, then then this you're freed from slavery. But you're not in the promised land yet. You haven't made it. So how confident can we really be that we're going to get there? How confident can you be? Why can you be confident? Well, here's the good news. Uh, We can be confident because Christ is already there. Because Christ has already entered the heavenly promised land. And we're connected to him. Uh, he, is, he has blazed the trail, uh, the author and finisher of our faith. He's, he's made the way. He's, he's, he's preparing a place for us so that we might be where he is. And then he's assuring that he'll be with us and will take us all the way home. Our confidence in the wilderness is all about Jesus, and that's, that's good news. So hopefully this week, just getting excited together, rem- reminding ourselves that Scripture gives us exactly what we need, uh, when we need it. And so together we'll learn and, and grow in him. So let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for the power and, and really usefulness of your word. We thank you for the, the goodness of your gospel and the saving work of Christ. Encourage us and strengthen us. And, and Lord, <clears throat> build our faith, even in this, in this place where you have us. Uh, even as we as we journey on toward that heavenly home that you're preparing for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.